as you just talk of sonship. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can we open to the book of Hebrews? Hebrews chapter 12. If you have your Bible, open to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews is in the New Testament. Amen. Amen. It's not bad if you don't know the busy of first time to show. So Hebrews is in the New Testament. I remember one man of God, he once asked his congregation, can you open to Ezekiah chapter 5? And the congregation will tell me the Bible. That's why you knew the kind of congregation. I'm sure some people thought that there's a book of Ezekiah. Hallelujah. Okay, Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Wherefore, seeing we, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the ways that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, as I said earlier, I will. I don't want to tighten this, but I'll just go. Praise God. Wherefore, seeing we, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are this cloud of witnesses? The scriptures say that we are encompassed about with a cloud of witnesses. Meaning that we are, in, in a way, in other words, like in a football pitch, where there are spectators viewing us, these are the witnesses. So this earth is like a movie theater that the heavens are watching. These are the cloud of witnesses. It's just like we have the nations called the World Cup and all those and all that. Men come from different countries to watch these footballers play on a pitch and run after a ball, trying to kick it within a, a ball. And billions are spent for that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So the people around those meetings are called a cloud of witnesses. Praise the Lord. So the scriptures are telling us that we too are compassed about with a cloud of witnesses. I want you to know that apart from the sins, because one of these cloud of witnesses are the sins who have been taken up to glory. 
they are watching us right now. They are looking at our lives, the way we are living and everything. And to, to, to make you see the fact that these are the these witnesses are the cloud, these yes, these witnesses are the saints who have gone ahead of us. Can we just go back to Hebrews chapter 11? The whole chapter, the whole chapter, I won't read it, but it talks about the heroes of faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Abel, all of them. But I will extract something from verse 39, Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 39. Um, okay, let me take from verse 32. It says, And what shall I more say? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, and Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, brought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed villain in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Hallelujah. Praise God. So it gives names of some people and stops at the place and says, it that will fail me to mention all of them. Meaning that there are many more. Some of them die, you know, refuse to deliver, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others have trial of cruel mockings and scourges, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. These people, the, the, the Bible says, of whom the world was not worthy. In other words, they were so precious to God that their names are not are so important to God that God has reserved their names for Himself. Of whom the world is not worthy. Hallelujah. No, Enoch walked with God so much that God took him. I believe Enoch is not the only person God told either. Scriptures may have recorded only Enoch. But there are people of whom the world was not worthy. Some of them will not know their names, but we meet them up there. And some of them are looking at us now. Hallelujah. This is 39. 39 says, And this all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promises. That means this cloud of witnesses, there are some prophecies they received that did not get fulfilled in their days. There are some prayers of Zachary Fong, the founder of CMFI, one of the speaking ancestral ancestors of Christianity in this nation. There are some of their prayers that have not yet been answered. And are looking at the earth and waiting for the time when those their prayers will be answered. 
These are what we call a cloud of witnesses. Maybe your mother, your grandmother, just like the parents in the case of Timothy. He said, Paul told him, the faith I see in you was also in your mother and in your grandmother. I believe when they went into glory, unto glory, they were watching Timothy. They said, we passed the battle unto you. Now, you are on stage. We are, we are looking at what you will do with the mantles you received from the previous generations. That means there have been mantles that have been dropped from men of God. Remember when Elijah was about to be taken by the Spirit. A child of fire took him, he dropped his mantle. He fell on Elisha. But since Elisha had a covetous and greedy for mentee, uh, Gehazi, he ended up with leprosy and the mantle he received, a double portion of it. Nobody was there to pass on that mantle. So that mantle followed him to the grave. And Elisha was so sick, he died of sickness. With all the miracles, the man was so anointed that an axe, axe would fall in water. And they say, Master, this axe was born. The owner, in fact, I have to pay if I don't find this axe. And the man goes and breaks the sleep, throws in the water. After throwing into, into the water, the axe, which is iron, suspends on water. That's the kind of anointing the Isha had. But he died in sickness. And when he died, they threw him into a cave. You know, they used to bury uh, people in caves or tombs in those days. And after putting him in that tomb, one day the Midianites were chasing some Israelites and, you know, they were carrying a corpse and mistakenly, you know, while running away from those Midianites, they threw that corpse into that cave, not knowing that the bones or the remains of the prophet were in that cave. And immediately that corpse touched the body of that man of God, the corpse came back to life without prayer. That is, the anointing that man carried was crystallized in his bones. Just like Jesus was so anointed that the anointing in his spirit leaked out to his body and contaminated his clothes to the point the woman with the issue of blood did not need to touch his spirit. He just needed to touch his cloth and be healed. Many men of God has walked, have walked this earth with mantles. John Knox, Katrin Kuman, you can charge me, many of them. Smith Wigglesworth, the apostle of faith, all kinds of mantles. Maurice Serrano, who just, just passed away. Rahab Bonkin, my God. I tell you, he has joined the cloud of witnesses and is looking at you. He's more alive. Let me tell you, the spirit realm is more interesting and entertaining than Champions League. 
They are watching something very interesting on that. There are a lot of prayers that are praying that you hear it. And this all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. There are promises they have not yet received. And are waiting for this generation. They are waiting for you to complete the task. Because the kingdom of God is like we read here, let us run with patience the race that is set before you. That means our Christian work is a race and it's not a marathon that you just run a sprint. I mean, it's not a sprint that you run 100 meters and just hang and, and the race is over. It's a marathon. One person runs and passes the battle to the other. One generation runs and passes to another. So it's a generation. This generation received promises from God and prophecies from God. Those prophecies were not fulfilled, but they believed those prophecies and stole their generation of those prophecies and died without seeing the fulfillment of those prophecies. So now they are looking at us and waiting for us to step into the fulfillment of those prophecies and promises. Those are what we call the cloud of witnesses. God having provided some better thing for us, that day without us should not be made perfect. Meaning that God intentionally did not allow those prophecies and promises to be fulfilled in their days. He says, as for you, you just receive the promises. There is coming another generation that will fulfill it. So we are the ones to complete that cloud of witnesses. That's why they're anxiously waiting for what they received that was not fulfilled for us to now step into and fulfill. Hallelujah. There are a lot of promises concerning nations, concerning our nation. This could apply even to your family. Amen. Maybe you had an, an intercessor, a father, a mother, or somebody that was born again. A person prayed for years and maybe you feel like his prayers went in vain. No. He may have not seen or she may have not seen the fulfillment of the promises. Then they prepare the ground and they are now watching at you, looking at you as the cloud of witnesses. Praise the Lord. God having provided some better thing for us, that day without us should not be made perfect. Hallelujah. I just wanted to talk about the cloud of witnesses. For consider him, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Hallelujah. These guys had to resist unto blood. They had to shed their blood for the advancement of the gospel. These guys had to be beheaded for the advancement of the gospel. They say, you have not, you have not gone through that. Hallelujah. They say, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, 
nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Hallelujah. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. I can start my message here. We talked about the spirit of adoption. But one thing about adoption is that adoption, when you come to God as a child, He receives you. For whom the Lord, um, I'll read, yes, okay. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scorcheth every son whom he received. That means when you are adopted, when God adopts you, when God receives you as his child. As many as believed in him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. That means to become, it's a becoming, it's a process. They that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. That means new birth, though we are born again and we can become children of God, but it takes time for you to actually enter a season or a stage of your Christian work that you can be referred to by God as a son. Though you are a child, remember in the book of First John chapter 2, it talks about uh, uh, talks about children, it talks about sons, and it talks about fathers. Amen. Those are the three levels of, let me say, maturity. We talk about children, your sins are forgiven. We talk about sons because you have overcome the evil one. He talks about fathers because you have known the father. Hallelujah. So those are different stages. So I'm just trying, that as scripture classifies Christians like that, they are children. We have sons and we have fathers. So, for whom the Lord loved, he chastened and scorched every son whom he received. The last time when I talked about the spirit of adoption, one of the things I pointed out was the fact that when Jesus was going, he told his disciples, I will not leave you comfortless and that word comfortless is the word orphan that means there is a metaphor to describe somebody who can be born again but have a spirit of an orphan whenever you find yourself comfortless like you have no comfort in the scriptures comfort in the presence of the holy spirit you the the the, the, the presence of the holy spirit in your life is not tangible. 
your comfortness. That's the metaphor. Often us. Often. Amen. But I want us to see another metaphor or description. Amen. And scorched every son whom he received. If ye endure chastening, God dealing with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Lord the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, everyone is a partaker of a portion of chastisement. If in your Christian work there are not seasons where God corrects you, I doubt if you are a son. If you have not started yielding to spiritual corrections whereby the Holy Spirit corrects you about some things, I doubt if you are a son. You may be a child. Because children at times, you know, that's my son there. You can just play around at times. You cannot really over just just allow him. Because you know he's a child. He does something to just allow. But when he comes of one age, amen. He starts there's, there's a level of chastisement that has to increase. Amen. A baby that's maybe two months, three months, do you do you spend time chastising that kind of child? You slap each other. Why do you pull your napkin? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. That's not the kind of chastisement. What? When you are at that stage, when you are baby, when you don't have any chastisement in your life, know, know that you are still, you are maybe years started. But if he be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards. I hope I didn't create this word. Maybe somebody should check his own version. Let's, let's, let's check another version. Is there another version in the house? Which version? Please read it for us. Yes. Yes, version. It says, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Illegitimate and not sons. And not sons. That means you can be born again and not legitimate. You can be coming to church where you are illegitimate. If you are not someone who is subjected to chastisement, to corrections, but if he be without chastisement, where of all our partakers, all of us, with accepting no, all of us are partakers of the ministry of chastisement. All of us. Then are ye pastors and not sons? That means we have pastors in church. We have pastors in choirs. They are pastors and puppets. We are pastor Jesus. Who refused any form of chastisement? Can you imagine? I heard it. 
beautiful story in Cameroonian. It's not like when we are, oh, can we just sing with my beautiful
that has been forgotten about how polygamy is a forgotten principle for men of God suffering from adultery problems. And from his from the place of his error and through the lens of his error, he crafted out scriptures in the Bible and wrote a book about how polygamy is now can be can, can, can be accepted by him in the body of Christ because we are in the era and dispensation of praise. That is a man that has refused to be chastised. And in this case, continuing ministry with that state to the point where he brought in the second wife, the wife's best girl, and they were living together under the same roof. And I'm talking of a chimu, I'm not talking of an assistant pastor. I say this with all humility and you know even Bible says that when somebody commits a sin or force, restore such a one with the spirit of meekness. Let you yourself fall. Amen. Amen. So even me and my wife, hey, hey. This 20 second will make us five years in marriage. Yeah. 
and we tried to agree on the prayer point. I told her this, she said this. I said this, she said this. I, I said, you're talking about her, she said this. And she collapsed. And I took her to the hospital. She's presently there, and her family are taking care of her. Those are bastards. Those kind of people you cannot correct. Those are illegitimate souls. The Bible says, For whom the Lord loved, he chastened. It is the love of God to correct you when you are wrong. Do you know that, especially in families where they need a, a, a let me, so in some families, let me just use uh, the common example. In some families, at times, when a, a, a child is wayward and nobody is correcting that child, it's a sign that they don't love that child. It's like, leave no man, leave, leave how you like, even if you end up with HIV, we don't care. Even if you end up a thief, we don't care. Imagine if a child is growing in the house, the child starts stealing. In your house, or the child goes out, comes out back with a dress you know you did not buy. And you don't say anything. Comes back with a shoe, handbag, with, you don't say anything. With time, when that guy will join a gang, I heard of a true story where the pastor's son, who was not also in this chest, went and looked for a gang to come and rob his own father. And when they came to rob the father, he stood outside. He was hiding behind some plantain suckers. And he sent them inside and said, the money is here. Even if he refuses to go like this, you'll see the money. His own father, pastor's son. And when the thieves entered the father's house, for some reason there was a presence, there was some sort of a conviction. And the thieves, somehow the father, the way he was crying, they just had a conviction. One of them looked at the father. For some reason, he just said, we will not, we will not steal anything from but I want you to do something for us. He handed him a gun. He said, we are going. But when we disappear, I want you to just go, go this direction. But when we disappear, after five minutes, just bullet those sockets. Bullet them. The person responsible, the person who sent us is behind them. And the father came out with all the anger he could muster with an AK-47. <laughs> Just to wake up in the morning and see his son in the soccer. Bastards. Show you your heart. 
that there's jealousy in your heart. It's a form that he, he's, he's, he's telling you, you, I love you. I don't want this jealousy to overtake you. If God says there's greed in your heart, it's because he loves you. And at times the way he will chasten you is that he will chasten your appetites. Maybe you are used to daily square meals. The Bible says, man shall not live by. Amen. So, as for you, for other people, you can chasten them with other things, but as for you, that we used to daily square meals. You say there is a place I want to take you. It's eating food sin. Amen. It's not a sin, right? But as for you, you will wake him up and say this day fast. And if you don't fast, it's sin. You have refused to be chastised. Have I said eating food is a sin? But there are times when there is something God wants to do in your life that He needs you to be separated. You know, fasting mortifies your senses to the world, disconnects you from the world. Praise God. And prayer connects you to God. So these are like uh, two sides of a coin. That's why you hear most of the times prayer and fasting go together. So He will tell you, in this season, I want you to fast. And if he tells you to fast in that season and you don't fast, you eat. You have refused to be chastised. Praise God. For another person, it can be money. You owe money to who are Japanese and American. When he say give, you will calculate one and how many million things. Your trust is in your pocket. Your trust is in your account, your Momo account. At times he says, give to this brother. Help this person. And you are refusing. You are holding back. Bible says, if you find uh, 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 a brother in the book of John, first John, say if you find somebody hungry and this, I say, Lord bless you, what have you done? What ministration he needs there in the forum? Somebody comes in hungry, sir. He says, I'm hungry. When I'm getting one hour of day will come from your room. And say, God loves you. You cannot even give me food. Hallelujah. Let me let me show you one, one method by which God chastens us to. Let's go to first Timothy. I think it's second Timothy, yes, second Timothy. Chapter 3, verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. From a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for for what? For what? Correction. 
So the scriptures are meant for correction. The scriptures are meant to realign us. And one of the main ways that God uses to correct you is through the scriptures, through the word of God. If you have not yet started looking into the mirror of the world to align yourself to that image in the world, then you are not partaking of the ministry of correction. Praise God. For, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God or the child of God may be perfect. This word perfect means matured. That is one of the proofs of maturity or one thing that brings you to maturity is corrections. And at times this correction will come to people you you will not expect you to be correcting. God may use some people that may look younger than you to say, sir, this thing is wrong. This thing that you are taking a girl and sleeping in your house when you are not married to her is wrong. That correction may come to true one, somebody in your life. And all of us are partakers of it. And if you are not a partaker of it, you are a pastor. At times you use a mentor, a spiritual father, a pastor. Can you imagine somebody maybe falls into sin, fornication or something? And when you want to correct the person, the person starts blaming the church for you visiting him often. We have heard funny stories. Elsa, the forums. A sister of pregnant. We want to follow her up to restore her. She started blaming us for not following her, not visiting her. Yeah. Instead of even accepting the responsibility that what I did was wrong, you, you, are, you are one of the signs of people who don't want to receive correction is that they always will blame on other people. They will never take responsibility for their mistakes. And that is the strategy of the enemy to isolate and destroy them. When Satan wants to destroy your life, he isolates you from the people who could have helped you. He isolates you from the mentors, the friends who could have helped you. You see people walking with, with some kind of funny friends. And you start telling them, these are your friends, these are your friends. This separate yourself from them. They will lead you nowhere. They will not listen to you. Because their minds are already made up. Praise the Lord. So, all spiritual is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So, it is profitable to correct you. When I correct you, I'm bringing profit into your life. Have you, have you noticed that some of those teachers you 
used to read when we were in primary school or high school, who used to discipline you, tell you to read all the time. Today, because you have cultivated a habit of always reading, you love those teachers. Some of those teachers who come and play in class, you are like, that one was, he was not a serious man. Let me tell you, anyone who is called to be, you know, his shepherd, the rock, and staff shall comfort me. You know, a, a, when, when a shepherd is directing goats, at times he has to flog the goat to take the right direction. So, people that God will put on your life to help you take, they, it may be painful. They may not, some people, some people will tell you, sir, they will say, we to correct me. You don't correct me anyhow. How can you talk to me like that? Told them 
their own mother who breastfed them for how long? Fed them, sent them to school. It's a witch. And we went to evangelize and we entered her house and we she, she cried and cried and we've been following her up. When it just ended, she just starts crying. To those years, she doesn't need to even pronounce a curse. Of it. 
started in the world, we saw it in the scriptures. Pastors are not sons because sons are known by their obedience. A true son is known by his humility, his submission, and his obedience. That's why there's a parable Jesus gave about two sons. One, the father said, Go to the field and walk. He said, You will go. The later went. Then one of them, he said, Go to the field. He said, I will go. But did not go. Then Jesus asked, Who amongst them actually did the father's will? Who amongst them is a new son? He's the first one that, though he refused from the beginning, he ended up doing it. But the other one who will show you a face, who says, Stop that relationship. I'll stop it. The goes behind you. This thing you're doing will destroy your life. This yes, 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 then walks away and does completely the opposite of what you just said. We are just we are just chatting. Right? This I can't even call this. Because the people want to take this session, I know I'm just telling me. Hallelujah. Let's read the last scripture, then we pray. James, the book of James. James chapter 1. I can't, I can't even remember those words. 
where we see it around. We see it around. The witness. Lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. People who are very naughty are difficult to correct. Naughty people. You, you, you are saying this, they keep saying their own. You say this, they keep saying their own. They have an explanation of everything. For everything, everything. Say this, it's because this. Say this, it depends. Because this, this way. Say this, they have an explanation and justification for everything. They can give you a nature. You say, sir, don't you think? No, you know, they distinct this thing. Ah, so it's so obvious. Must you have an explanation? That I said, do you know Jesus could have justified himself before the pilot? He could have justified himself before the high priest. There are times that the best way to win a battle is to be quiet. Even if you are right. Even if you are right. When David was about to face Goliath, his brother came and started telling him, you proud boy, why did you not take care of those sheep, those few fish that uh, uh, sheep that are giving you? You are, you are just come here. What are you doing this party for? I'm going to show off. I'm sure his brother was jealous because the day they came to anoint the king, the anointing skipped his head. So when David came, that jealousy started working manifesting. Say, so why are you doing here? David would have concentrated on winning that argument with his brother. But he said, is there not a cause? And pass by and continue. What shall we do to bring out this giant? And that's how we focus on the battle ahead. So it's not everything at times that you have to answer. Learn how to. Even in marriage, if you don't learn, you can win a battle and lose your house. You can win an argument with your wife or your husband and lose your home. If you don't learn this one, there are things about you that nobody knows. That day when you marry, your woman will see her very well. Because she, she has come closer to you, you have gone also. That familiarity will look you so, tell you something. That, And if you are not humble enough to accept that correction, that really, 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 I'm wrong. Or at times, even if you are, you just, you just, you just, you just shock it. Just for the sake of peace. You don't, don't do that. Amen. And receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. That means the meeker you are, the better you are, you can be corrected. Those who easily receive correction are meek people. Proud people cannot receive correction. So receive with meekness the engrafted word. That word engrafted, you know, is somehow we've done biology and botany for plants. There's a way when you want to attach maybe an orange tree to a mango tree, you craft it, you connect it, you put some manure on some things, you cut the branch and take another branch, you put that. You know all of that, right? You just craft it. And with time, the crafted part, when it's giving the word of correction, 
there is something he wants to graft into you. There is an attitude he wants to graft into you that will become one with you. That's why, that's why Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you are always in the word of God, there is a way that the word of God will be grafted into your heart to the point where you become one with that word. And some else you know that you cannot make them again. But the condition to receive it is meekness. So the cure of the ability or the cure of not being corrected is meekness. I could say to me that Jesus Though Jesus could not be wrong, I've not seen Jesus. But Jesus thought really when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he was like he had a will of his own. He was like, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass me by. And somehow God had to say, My son, in this matter, the will and the cup are one. You can't separate the two. There's no other will apart from the cup. And Jesus had to submit as he saw. That's Jesus said, I am weak and lowly. So if we will learn to receive correction, we must have a heart disposition of meekness. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we just rise on our feet? I pray for weakness. Pray for weakness. Pray for weakness. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly. I am meek, I am meek. We need meekness to, to accept correction. We need meekness to receive the crafted word of God. You may have taken the wrong part in your life. You may, there is a way seems right unto the man but the end of that way is destruction. But if that man is not weak, how can we turn that man from that way? How can we turn that man from that way? If that man cannot receive correction, how can we help him? There is a will. There is a decision that in your eyes seems very right. No pastor can talk you out of it. And even they talk you out of it, you look at them and tell who are you? <laughs> meekness, meekness, all of you pray. Meekness, meekness. Meekness, begging me, Lord. Meek, Lord. Meek, Lord. To be able to receive direction. What if God tells you that relationship is wrong? Will you accept that chastisement? What if God tells you that that job you want to start is don't do it? Will you accept it? What if God tells you that journey you want to take out of this country will lead to your death? Will you take it? Friend, that gives influence to you negative. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
Nothing wrong.